Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everyone. This is Tom Salemi. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're going to focus a bit on uh, the dry eye area today. Actually, I have some interviews that I did at OIS at ASCRS. We're going to talk first with Tom Frenzy and Joseph Baradi, both of Johnson & Johnson Vision, the, uh, the new entity created by the acquisition of uh, J&J's acquisition of Tier Science last year. Uh, Tom and Joe sat down with me at OIS at ACRS to talk about uh, a few issues that uh, the new entity is focusing on. They talked a bit about how they're integrating sales teams to handling professional education, serving both ophthalmologists and optometrists, and uh, what kind of new tech they'll be bringing. And also, we, we talked about what is next. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with the two of them. I also want to remind you that uh, OIS Retina is happening on July 20th in Vancouver. Make sure you go to ois.net to register. Now let's get into this conversation with Tom Frenzy and Joseph Barati of J&J Vision. Hi, this is Tom Salemi. We're here at OIS at ASCRS, and we're happy to be joined by two guests. We have Tom Frenzy, Worldwide President of Surgical, and Joseph Brady, Global Vice President of Ocular Surface Disease of Johnson & Johnson Vision. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Tom. Thanks for having us. It's a uh, it's great time to be talking about J&J Vision because you're, you're tapping into both areas that we've been covering with our OISs, both optometry and ophthalmology. Of course, ophthalmology being our traditional sense. But let's talk about this integration, why you're both here together. I mean, Tier Science was acquired by J&J. How did that integration go? And give us an update on where it's at. I'm assuming it's complete since you're... Sitting side by side. <laughs> yeah, well, great, great question, Tom. Thanks for having us. Uh, so the bulk of the integration is complete, and um, you know I'm happy to say that the, the integration is going very smoothly. Uh, currently, we're working on leveraging the uh, you know the power of the full J and J organization, and so that takes a little bit more time, but we're working hard to to do that. And you know, clearly, the Tier Science portfolio of products fits. Uh, very nicely into the portfolio that Johnson & Johnson Vision currently has. So if you think about the cataract, uh, refractive, and contact lens patients, all have very significant ocular surface needs. And so the tier science portfolio is kind of a natural fit. Mm -hmm. Well, how is it structured? Because if you look at the website, which looks great, by the way, it, it does seem like a big, one whole happy holistic family. You've got everything covered. Uh, are there still silos at j and Vision where someone's servicing the optometrist, someone serving the ophthalmologist, or are you finding a way to, to integrate those businesses? Yeah, I, I think when you think about Johnson & Johnson Vision, uh, there's really two key pillars. Right? You have the vision care business based out of Jacksonville, Florida, which is really our contact lens business and our consumer eye health products. And then you have the surgical business based on uh, the West Coast, Southern California, which is really our LASIK business, our cataract business, and our ocular surface disease business. So it's really not three business segments. It's, it's really two. But you're right. We, we serve uh, both O's, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, whether a patient presents itself to optometry or ophthalmology, they, they have the same needs. And we think the combination of, of these businesses now give us such a broad-based portfolio that we can really take care of a patient's visual needs for a lifetime. Whether you're a young myope, 
uh, or a 60-plus-year-old with lens-based changes and everything in between, our portfolio now uh, is broad enough that uh, we think we're very well positioned for today and tomorrow. Are your salespeople carrying everything in that massive bag that they're going to visit, or do you have certain people for certain No, fair question. I think because optometry and ophthalmology are different, uh, our customer-facing organizations need to be different. But I think there are certain functions that lend themselves to to synergy. Uh, One great example is professional education. I I think that's an opportunity to really leverage the power and the the breadth of Johnson & Johnson uh, to, to... betterment eye health overall Mm -hmm. Uh, but by and large customer facing I think needs to be separate it's different different settings of care different product lines Uh, but where there's synergy opportunities we're going to pursue those does innovation happen differently in the two different O's in optometry are you looking for new ideas are you looking more internally are you looking more externally Uh, is it a combination of both I assume it's a combination of both but how's it weighed uh, when you're looking for new ideas and in those areas that, that service optometrists. Yeah, so we would take that. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's weighed uh, fairly equally. It's really where the opportunities are, and a lot more of the opportunities, just like the tier science opportunities, crossing both boundaries. It's really bridging the O's from uh, optometry through to ophthalmology. Mm-hmm. So more and more of the uh, technologies that we're seeing have uh, overlap, and there's a lot more interaction between the optometrist and ophthalmologist more and more every day. So as optometrists try to become more comprehensive providers and, and are doing more of the uh, more and more routine procedures as well as the surgical uh, due to demand, and you have optometrists trying to expand as well and, and, and uh, do more and more procedures. Uh, so you, you get a lot of overlap there. But mm-hmm. you know, currently... Um, you know, I would say that we're looking at all opportunities, and some certainly are, are strictly surgical. Some are more uh, very early primary care type procedures, and others really span across both. So we're agnostic to that. And, and on and on the surgical side, um, we've talked about some of the various technologies we've seen up here, MIGs and other areas where you haven't had presence before. Do you see yourself expanding your footprint on the surgical and the ophthalmology side more in the future? Yeah, no, I do. I, I think as long as we keep the patient at the center of our thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to continue to look for technologies, and OAS is always a wonderful opportunity. Uh, our BD people are are here in force and in, in, in looking at what's new on the horizon and, and where does it make sense uh, for us to invest our dollars. And if you think of Johnson & Johnson corporately, 50% of innovation comes from within and 50% from without. And I think within the vision business will be no different. Um, you know, we have a very robust internal pipeline, which we're very proud of, but we're going to continue to look at opportunities uh, to, to meet those those unmet needs out in the marketplace from a patient perspective. Excellent. And final question, it's kind of a broad one, but just what's next? What can we expect uh, from J&J Vision over the next couple of years? Well, I, I think, look, we want to outpace the market, and, and you know as well as I, Tom, uh, the pace of innovation within ophthalmology is critical. Uh, so as I alluded to, we're, we're going to continue to develop our internal pipeline. We're going to continue to look at interesting disruptive technologies on the outside uh, and uh, we look forward to really aspiring to be uh, the leading eye health company in the world. Excellent. Well, thank you for, for joining us here at OIS and here today for this interview. Yeah. Well, thank you for good having to us. See you, Tom. Yeah. Good to see you. Thanks. Well, thank you, Joe Barati and Tom Frenzy for joining me at OIS at ACSRS and it's great to have you both back on the podcast. 
We're going to stick with dry eye. Our next guest is Jeffrey Now. He is the president and CEO of Oyster Point Pharma. We had Jeff on the podcast a few months ago. Uh, they're working on a new uh, treatment for dry eye that is based somewhat on the discoveries that led to the creation of Oculive and, of course, the True Tier device now uh, being sold by Allergan. So we'll uh, get into Jeff's story and, and Oyster Point's story in a moment. But uh, going back to OIS Retina, which is happening on July 20th in Vancouver, you need to register before June 20th to get our discounted price of $9.95. So go to OIS.net, register for OIS Retina right away. Now let's hear from Jeff Now of Oyster Point Pharma. Hi, this is Tom Salemi. I'm here at OIS at ASCRS. I'm pleased to be joined by Jeff Now, the president and CEO of Oyster Point Pharma. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you've made your first presentation at an OIS, right? That's right. So this is actually not only the first uh, presentation at OIS, but this is actually the first Oyster Point presentation uh, that's ever been delivered. Excellent. Well, thank you for doing it here. So first question to you, what is Oyster Point? Yeah, so Oyster Point is a venture stage uh, or a venture-backed pharma company. We're based out of Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, We're in phase two uh, human clinical trials at the moment uh, with two assets uh, that are both nicotinic acetylcholine receptor agonists, which when sprayed into the nasal cavity actually promote tear production. And uh, we have studies going on right now for dry eye disease. Excellent. And what was the news that you uh, presented today? Yeah, so the news today was we uh, presented for the first time a phase 2A study out of Mexico uh, that we did um, in 18 patients with uh, daily dosing for a week of uh, intranasal spray. And patients uh, showed a statistically significant improvement in tear production as compared to vehicle and also as compared to their baseline scores. And uh, we announced that yesterday we completed enrollment in our first uh, multi-center phase 2B study here in the United States with 160 patients. That's great. Final question. Uh, tell us a little bit about your origins. Your, your technology kind of has an interesting start. And also, who are the investors who came to support Oyster Point? Sure. So um, <clears throat> this... Uh, this product, uh, at le- one of the products at least that we're developing, uh, was spun out of a company called Oculeaf, uh, which uh, ultimately was the predecessor to True Tier. Now that uh, Allergan has acquired the, that technology, and we have uh, done a whole host of screening to really look for receptors uh, on the trigeminal nerve in the nasal cavity to look for drugs that would be able to uh, agonize those receptors, uh, give us a uh, response which would improve uh, lacrimation uh, without any discomfort. And so uh, one of the products uh, is a product that's already out on the market called Varenicline Tartrate, which is a trade name Chantix. Uh, We've reformulated that drug into a nasal spray. And another product is a proprietary product that we own um, that um, uh, also binds to the similar class of receptors. So in in uh, testing all of the different receptors that are on the trigeminal nerve that we're aware of, uh, this class really stood out. And so that's how we came to find these nicotinic acetylcholine receptor agonists. And uh, they work well. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to additional clinical development. Excellent. And your investors? Uh, our investors, uh, right at the moment, we're backed by NEA and Versant. Uh, so a great group of investors in the ophthalmology space. Um, and we couldn't be happier to be partnered with them. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing your story here at OIS and for joining us today for this interview. All right. Thanks. 
All right. Well, thanks, Jeff, for joining us again on the podcast and for sitting down with me at OIS at ASCSRS. For the following Oyster Point story, next up, we're going to talk with Robert Thornhill. Robert is the CEO of Tear Film Innovations. Tear Film is working on a new technology that can both heat and compress the meibomian glands, which, of course, is something that we're seeing many companies pursue, but uh, Tear Film Innovations has a a new uh, way to pursue this. So let's hear from Robert Thornhill of Tear Film Innovations. Hi, this is Tom Salemi. We're here at OIS at ASCRS. Very happy to be joined by Rob Thornhill, the CEO of Tear Film Innovations. Rob, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom, for having me. So dry eye and mybobian gland disease is something we talk a lot about at OIS. I know you're up on, uh, on stage giving Tear Film Innovations story. Can you tell us a bit about what your product does and what problem it's trying to fix? Sure. Um, as everyone knows, I think it's uh, a very large market, at least 30 million patients. Uh, and the literature says that 86% of patients with dry eye disease have some type of meibomian gland dysfunction. Uh, and the founders of the company were looking for a way to address the largest uh, portion of dry eye disease uh, and came up with a technology with a number of doctors in San Diego uh, to treat meibomian gland dysfunction more efficiently. And what is the origin of this technology? We've seen, I think, similar approaches, or maybe they're not similar. You can straighten me out to, uh, to correcting this problem. Well, we learned through uh, the work that was done early on by Dr. Korb that the most effective way to treat glands is to heat them and then compress them. Uh, so if the mybum is not liquefied, it's very difficult to compress it out of the meibomian gland orifices. So you have to do both in combination. And there are a number of technologies out there that just heat or just compress, uh, but their technology is the only one that combines heating and compression. So we were looking for a more efficient way to do that very same thing. So where are you with the clinical pathway on this, and, and what is the hopeful outcome for Terrafilm Innovations? Yeah, so we've done uh, three studies, the most recent of which was a multi-site study. We did it in eight sites in the U.S., 142 patients, randomized one-to-one between us and the comparator. Uh, and we looked at two primary endpoints and one secondary endpoint. And as I presented earlier today, the numbers were outstanding. Uh, we got an 18-point improvement in meibomian gland score which is an evaluation of the output of the glands, which is really what we're trying to affect with our treatment. Uh, We had a 2.79 second increase in tear breakup time, uh, which is also important. Those were the co-primary endpoints. And then we had a 31-point improvement in OSDI, which is a secondary endpoint, which is patient symptoms. So uh, the patients at the end of the day feel dramatically better after having this treatment. Terrific. And, well, bonus question then. What, uh, where do you go with Terrafilm Innovations if you get approval and go on the market? I mean, this is obviously a, a technology that's been acquired by larger players in the past. Is that uh, a path you see perhaps following? Right now we're focused on one thing, and that is commercialization. Uh, we have a booth here at the show, mm-hmm. and um, we have a significant amount of interest uh, from both ophthalmologists uh, and optometrists. This obviously is not an optometry show, but the uh, response so far has been overwhelming since we announced that we had FDA clearance. Excellent. That sounds like a good strategy. Keep your eye on the prize. We're just keeping our eye, our head down, and we're working hard to uh, make sure we do an effective implementation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tom. All right, well, that's a wrap. Thanks, folks, for joining us on the podcast. Thanks to all my guests who sat down with me at OIS at ASCSRS. We still have some more interviews coming, but uh, I should have a new interview for you next week with a very high-profile company. Excited to talk to them 
and I look forward to bringing you their story. Don't forget, OIS Retina is happening on July 20th. Go to ois.net to register, and we'll see you in Vancouver. <music>